Welcome back to Talking Baseball. We talked yesterday. It's time for you guys to talk. It is the voicemail episode. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. My name is Jimmy. I got Jake sitting next to me over there. I got Trevor coming to us in California. Producer BBD is in the corner. And we are coming to you live from the Roosevelt Studios here in the Bronx, RSVLTS. A little storm outside. A little Tuesday record session. This drops on Thursday. So if anything crazy happened Tuesday night or Wednesday, we didn't have it, a little scheduling, rescheduling because of double headers and all this craziness. But anyway, voicemail episode it is. Are you excited to hear from the people? Trev. I am. I'm very excited. I've grown to like the voicemail episodes because they could go any direction. I have no idea what people are going to ask, and I kind of like it. Yeah. So I'm excited. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we, we eased you in with probably a wrong voicemail. I think we were, we were towards the end of no baseball climate, and we were just like, hey, if you guys could call in and give us something, us. we're here for it. So we, kinda, we set everyone up for failure. Now that we got baseball, babe, the callers are so choice right now. It's challenging, too, because we can't follow all the storylines. So sometimes you'll get asked something, and you don't know, and it's okay to say that. Yeah, they got to tell us some stuff. So... Looks like we have 11 voicemails BBD has picked out for us. Are they good? How would you rate these voicemails? All right. Let's just get right into it then. Here we go. Voicemail numero uno, number one. Hey, it's Bryce from St. Louis. I was calling in about my St. Louis Cardinals. More specifically, my guy Harrison Bader. Pretty boy. Um, Yeah, man. He's got off to a terrible start. I was going to ask Trev or one of you guys maybe. Uh, how do you get getting hot, uh, especially with the season so short and the pressure's on? Um, hopefully by the time next voicemail episode is uh, out, this is irrelevant. But if so, let me know. Thanks, guys. Well, Cardinals haven't played yet, so still relevant, I think. But, Trev, this question is obviously for you and not Jake nor I. How do you get out of a slump? How much pressure do you put on yourself? What do you do? I mean, yeah, that's the thing is if anybody knew how to just get out of slumps, that'd be awesome. But, you know, for a Harrison that's 13 at bats, it's the beginning of the season, you know, obviously a very small sample size, so I wouldn't worry too much. Um, and maybe like a Yelich situation, this time off kind of hits the reset button. And when they do get to play, which I'm hearing, we're recording this on a Tuesday, like Jimmy said, I'm hearing that they'll be leaving Milwaukee tomorrow. Um, maybe when the games start again, fresh slate, he comes back firing. I think that's really all you can hope for. A lot of times when you're going through a slump during a regular type of season without COVID cases, a manager will say, Hey, take today. It's a mental day. Watch the game. You're not playing like just chill today. And that will help you reset. That's happened a ton. Um, this could be that for Harrison and yeah, they need them. They need all the offense they can get on the Cardinals, um, going in that division all those damn good teams uh, they need every player they can get so what are what are like you know would you ever like fully change your approach and just like 100% go up there just like I'm just see a fastball hit a fastball anything else 
like or, or try to guess oh hit first pitch Everything. First, first pitch like you just keep going until something happens you'll try anything okay you know literally anything when you're in when you're in a rut you feel like the loneliest person in the world you feel like everyone's watching your at bats with a magnifying glass like you just feel like you feel like you're the center of attention and you're doing poorly and you can't wait to just get a hit what about what about laying down a bunt? Like some guys do yes. that; they just want to get to first base. Did you ever use that approach? Were you ever like, "I'm just going to yes. bump my way out of this slump"? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one of the times I'm telling people like they still need to bunt for confidence reasons. Like if you want to just get a knock, you just see that knock on the the jumbotron, especially first at bat or something like that. You're struggling getting that knock, and your first at bat can propel you to get out of the slump like you see that knock and you're like okay the rest of the day i don't have to think about getting that hit again and sometimes when you calm yourself down like that then streaks happen you go off so bunt's definitely in uh naked bp um you know having huh what you've never done that before i didn't flinch Hmm. well it flinched it's it's definitely a thing uh but like i said you'll do anything You'll do anything. That's would, what, would I, you have, I think I'd be mixing up meals a lot. Would you have worn Giambi's thong? Giambi had a, the golden thong that he would give the people slumping? Whatever whatever I think would work. I mean, I've brought my bats into uh, chapel on Sunday and said, please pray for my bats, guys. Like, help me out in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, So, I mean, it gets lonely, and you'll do anything. Harrison will be fine, though. I think this layoff will probably probably help out with that. All right. The the resting off day is going to be fun to track this season because I know Yelich comes back from the break. He was slumping. He had a couple hits. Gary Sanchez, he gets the rest day because he's slumping. He's looking a lot better. be interesting to see if players try to hit that button this year. It, like, Skip, I had bad three games. I think <laughs> I think I might need to reset. It's Good work. It's not like Harrison's, like, a offensive yeah, that's the other first thing. threat. So it's, you know. If he gets to a hundred OPS plus, you're happy. Cool. All right, next voicemail. Hey guys, Jake from here, Pennsylvania, now living in Northern Virginia. Big fan. Just wanted to give you a call for the first time. Uh, Jake does suck. Uh, hey, so Jake, I disagree with you about the extra innings rule. I think you said that there was an advantage, clear advantage for the home team. Uh, I think it's actually the opposite. I mean, there's a, uh, you know thousand ways to get that runner on, on second base over to third and then from that we don't have to you know talk about how easy it is for that you know runner to score compared to you know creating that runner to second base anyway uh no i think if, that, if the visiting team scores first it's just so much pressure uh for that home team to get that runner across so um that's all i got big yankees fan uh don't sleep on the end of thanks uh, ha- thank you huh? for the call. Has the away team won an extra inning game yet? Has to have happened, but I feel like it's all home teams. I think uh, I think the A's won, won in Seattle the other day. I think a couple have. Dodgers. Dodgers. Okay. Um, it's a it's an advantage for the home team. I mean, you're you're fair to have your opinions. Uh, the thing that is was there any facts me, in there? You're what's that? Was there any facts in that? Voice I don't think we up? got facts. We're not necessarily a fact pod. Um, 
I will say this, Trevor, and correct me if I'm wrong. You know, put me in a play. I didn't play the game. I'm watching Baltimore Tampa this weekend, Saturday night, because I'm a little bit of a sick pup, and I told a bunch of my friends to bet Tampa to win in a bunch of parlays, and they did not. The game goes to extras, so I'm hey, my heart rate's going through my chest, so I'm having a good time. Uh, the Rays somehow survived the 10th after G-Man Choi gets thrown out at third trying to tag up on a fly ball to left. I mean, just a brutal mistake. They come out, they survive the next inning because uh, the Orioles also don't try to bunt. Rays come up, Kiermaier on second, Zanino at the plate, the lifetime 201 batting average, OPS in the sixes, I believe. And he doesn't try to bunt, Trev. I'm sorry, man. If you're if you're Mike Zanino, you got to know how to bunt. Like there there's too many guys that have gotten away from it. And I get it, dude. I get all the numbers. I appreciate the analytics, but I also appreciate the chance that Mike Zanino is going to strike out, and now you're out of a good run scoring chance. So uh, that's just so frustrating for me. I, I go back and forth with it. Um... I came up in a time where it was important to know how to bunt. Um, definitely numbers lean the other way that it's not necessarily a smart move to bunt. But I do believe there are some instances that do increase your win probability with a bunt. And I think one of those times is um, when the home team, all they have to do is score a run, bunting does increase your win probability rather than swinging. It's not by a lot. So, like, the numbers don't support bunting whatsoever, but, like, the weird baseball mental game, I feel like still requires bunting, bunt defense. Like, it's the pressure thing, man. Like, make a, make somebody make a play. That's kind of what the purists and the old school baseball guys will say. It's like, it's not about, you know, getting your win probability up. It's about putting pressure on the base, on the other baseball team, making them make a play. And, I think um, the batter needs to do that. I think what we've seen a lot is the runner trying to do that, like Choi tagging up from second, Otani move going on the, the batted ball. Uh, someone else got thrown out at home. Schwarber threw a guy out, top 10th. Um, I think the, that second, that runner on second has been trying to do a little too much in a lot of these games, or at least there's four examples so far. But, yeah, I, I, I don't understand the, what the caller is saying. I still think the home team has the advantage. Yeah. One, because they get to hit second. Like any yeah. home team. Like any home. Like, yeah. like they already had the advantage. Like, does it suck? Was was it one of the extra inning games? Someone put up a six spot, BBD? Wasn't that like a Giants-Padres game or something? I think the pods put up a six spot in the top of the inning. So, yeah, then it does suck to be the home team, but it sucks anytime you give up six runs in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you just bunt and sacrifice over if you're the home team. or The problem you know, is you- nobody, they don't practice it. And it's really hard to practice bunting at game speed. I mean, especially now with the average, you know, velocity, fastball velocity, like at 94. Like, that's not easy to replicate. And it's not easy to bunt if you're not practicing. So, you know, we're saying we want bunts, but then I don't want to watch people go up there and bunt that don't know how to and just make a fool of themselves. Well, I think Jake's point was Zanino, a, a less than hitter, should know how to bunt and be able to lay down a good bunt. You would call. think so. It just doesn't get practiced enough. They practice in spring training. You know, you do the machine. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I was going to give some Mike Zanino stats from the past couple years, but (laughs) him nor I need that burden. Let's move on. Boy. 
Hey, John Boy, it's Henry here. Um, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I was wondering, Nelson Cruz been, has been popping off for the Twins. Do you think he'll get MVP votes? Uh, vote, sorry. Please respond soon. Thank you. Have uh, a great day. Uh, I think a Freudian slip there. Thanks, Henry. I think Henry wants Voight to get the MVP. Oh. Did he say MVP Voight there? So I think that's Freudian slip. And Henry's rooting for Luke Voigt, which is great. Right, to win the MVP. More people there. Um, yeah, Nelson Cruz. I don't know. It's going to be tough because he's a DH, so he only really uh, helps on one side of the ball. But I still don't think he's the best pure hitter going right now. So if it would, the season ended right now, I don't think Cruz is winning MVP or even in the top five. Could he? Sure. He I think he's gonna, it, What's he that? Be, he, he could be, be, he top be top five. five. Yeah, maybe he's yeah. not top. I don't know, top three. I don't know. There's there's other guys that are hitting it's the Aaron ball. Aaron Judge and then and then who? Uh, I don't know. We were looking at it the other day. There's still guys that are batting 400 with like home runs and stuff. Yeah. Judge, yes, Yaz from the Giants. Yes, he. Yeah, different. NL. But yeah, I had a DH. It'll be hard for him to win in a 60 game set as a DH. I think. Yeah, I agree. It might be again. It's one of those weird sixty-game conversations. It might be easier for him to do it this year than other years because guys can accrue more defensive WAR over one hundred sixty-two games. I don't know. Right now, he's leading leading the AL in RBIs. Uh, those don't matter as much as they used to, but the Twins' offense it does matter, and it's nice. One dot oh seven one OPS. I mean, <laughs> he just keeps hitting. He's a sick pop. Yeah. Right I now, I get got some votes. If he I continues. got B- Bieber ahead of him. Turned 40 July 1st. Kyle Lewis? Still doing it. But, yeah, I mean, could he get some votes? Yeah. Would I bet on him winning? No, cause, just because of the DH thing. Yeah. But he looks great. Looks great, Trev. Excited for him? Even without his entourage? I think he looks fine. Yeah. I don't think much has got disrupted for him, you know? No. See ball, hit ball. All right, next up. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Mike. I'm from Illinois, and I'm a big Cubs fan. And I know you guys probably don't uh, spend a lot of time paying attention to the Cubs since your focus is on the Yankees. But the first time through the rotation, the Cubs starters had a 1.80 ERA and .63 whip. Um, and obviously that's not sustainable over the season. But I wanted to know your guys' thoughts on if that kind of thing is an indicator of if the Cubs are going to have a rotation, their rotation be a strength this year. We did a lot of, thank you for the call. We did a lot of talk on the Cubs rotation on the pregame show today, which was Tuesday's pregame show, because the second time through the rotation, Sans Hendricks was like just as good. Kyle had a bad second start, but Chatwood's got two starts in the bag. Alec Mills got two starts in the bag. Darvish came around his second time through. Um, the Cubs rotation has looked good so far. I don't know how sustainable it is because, you know, Chatwood looks really good. Maybe it is sustainable. Like, I don't think it. I don't think it's not. It can be. I, I think that the caller is trying to be a logical fan and say the one, one ERA isn't sustainable, which I appreciate that. Um, hey, man, you know, you Darvish, when he's right, you know, you can see it. Even... You know, if you're a if you're a very casual baseball fan, when his stuff is right, you can see it. Hendricks has just been doing the damn thing. He's going to be Kyle Hendricks, and that's pretty cool. 
Tyler Chatwood is the real wild card. Um, his stuff is pretty nasty. He's putting the he looks like he knows where the ball's going, which I think that was a problem for him earlier in his career. Um, Lester right now is Lester in eleven innings pitch, only one earned run, five K. So hey, we uh I, I'm going back to season previews when we were going through these teams. And, you know, the a big question for us was Cubs rotation. So if they're getting you know, Alec Mills is clicking right now. So they can even have maybe Alec Mills fall off or if Chatwood loses it a little bit or Lester. Like, they've now got a couple options, which when you bring that back to the lineup, holy crap. Um, I mean, if if they're throwing anything like they are, the, I mean, the Cubs are, Cubs are going to be dangerous. It seems like we've got a few guys throughout the league that are kind of just like figuring – their approach out like Chatwood when I've when I watch him pitch now like he has a plan he's just xing the corners and he's and he's spotting and when you do that it's very hard for hitters to you know game plan against you you have like you have to guess what pitch what pitch is it going to be like you have to is that two seamer going to run back or is that thing going to take off and go in the left-handed batter's box he's been doing that he looks great it looks sustainable if he can continue to locate and you just like get a guy that kind of figures it out. That's a that's a tremendous help to the Cubs, you know, to pair along with a Hendricks and a Darvish. And I I, that, I I liked what I saw, and it's like it looks sustainable to me, which is which is pretty cool. Chatwood is a guy that he's like the third person I've ran into pitcher that scrapped their four seamer from the Arsenal completely. He was four seamer sinker last year, about fifty percent of the time, and a lot of pitchers are saying. Hey, those are pretty similar. Why don't you just scrap the one that doesn't move that much? The four seamer was ninety six last year, or nine. Yeah, it was ninety six last year. We scrapped it. He's only thrown it like twelve times this year. The sinker is now his premier pitch, and it's sitting at ninety four. But he's just so it, that adds up to what you've seen, Trev. That he's kind of just pitching now instead of trying to throw it by people, and we'll see if it works. But that's like who else? Well, Tyler Alexander was the relief pitcher who did it, and there was someone else I looked at. Four seamer just out of the mix. I. What we're seeing now across the league is just a deep dive into what works for you as a pitcher. Let's just do that. Like, you don't yeah. need to have six pitches. Throw what works for you. It's like when Sonny Gray, they tried to scrap the curveball or something like that in in uh, New York. New York. And then he went over to the Reds, and they're like, no, like, let's throw that thing even more. Like, that's a great pitch for you. And you're seeing that now. It's like guys are like – what what is my what are my good pitches and like I'll just throw those because why would I throw a pitch that statistically gets hit or in a zone statistically gets hit like let's stick to these blue zones and my good pitches and a guy like Chatwood scraps his four seamer goes to the two seamer tightens up his slider a little bit and it's a completely different pitcher and I I love seeing that you know it's like guys learning to pitch and they're getting help I think I've said this for a long time technology and the data helps pitchers way more than it does hitters. And you're getting these guys with career resurgences because of it. Like a Tyler Chatwood, like he's been a, pitch, a good pitcher for a long time, but if he can figure some stuff out and, and continue on this path, I mean, he just bought himself another three or four years in the show. Yeah, base, baseball, kind of the only major sport that you can really see career resurgences. I mean, Gio Urshela, Chatwood, guys like this, that if you figure it out, I mean, you can 
totally rewrite the book. And I think my final thing on the Cubbies is just it's it's been my argument with the Rockies uh, from last year. The Rockies had a terrible year. Schedule got them. They had some guys go down. It you know it got ugly quick and things unraveled. Before that, Rockies were a wild card team back to back years. This Cubs team, World Series in 16, they lose in the CS to the Dodgers in 2017. In 2018, they go from best record in baseball to they lose that play-in game or whatever it was mm-hmm. that has them in the wild card. So instead of being instead of being the number 1 team in the National League, they go to a one-game wild card and they lose, and that funnels them into Madden's last year which the writing was on the wall all season. To now, I mean, what Cubs team are we getting? Like, they are still so talented up and down the lineup that with any pitching is kind of a bonus, and they're getting good pitching. Yeah, I I like it. I was looking at uh, the other pitchers. Darvish has also scrapped his four-seamer. But last year it took a big dive down, and this year so far a bigger dive. So maybe that's like the Cubs' philosophy. Lester still throws one second most pitch. What did we say? Dude, Hendrick's pitch mix is fucking so funny. What did we say when we were doing the the TPPs about the Cubs? Do you guys remember? No. It's pitching. I think that's what we talked about, right? Like, this lineup is great. They still have guys, but they need the pitching needs to step up, and it has. So. Where, where they were ranked, like when we opened up the Cubs lineup, we did it. I think we did this one together when we were in spring training. Mm-hmm. I remember it, yeah. Like, the, whatever team we looked at before that, we then looked at the Cubs lineup and we were like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only question was pitching, and they're doing it. So, thanks for the call. I think it can keep up not as every time through all of them click. Like no. Alec Mills probably has a shorter shelf life once he faces the same team twice, and they're like, Lead that Alec Mills train, man. Just hit that 66 curve. <laughs> Lead that Alec Mills train. I want to I go get all the footage and make a video on it. Just, I just texted Robbie that. Nice. Next. Oh, wait, hold on. I skipped one. Hey, John Boy and guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, it's Norm here, Brave fan, but I want to know how many games in this shortened season, uh, bef- how many games does a team need to lose before you hit the panic button? So if you lose three or four in a row, five in a row, two in a row, when do you hit the panic button? Thanks for taking my call. I believe this is Norm, who's always in the chat. He's in the morning chat. I think, I think so. He's in the chat right now. He's a Braves fan. Uh, panic button. Uh, three in a row I, is where I had it yep. before the season started. I still, but with the playoffs I th- changing, I think it's much different. Um, I think three in a row you're allowed to like momentarily panic at right now. Um, I mean, five in a row I think you can panic on the season. It all, it, dude, with the new playoffs, it really, wait, like the season got a lot longer with the two top spots going into a, a, the same playoff situation. So I don't know. What do you think? I like three. Three is the kind of the number before it gets out of control. It's either, you know, it's one team just gotcha, or it's, you know, a carryover from another series, and you can still turn it around in that series. But three is the number, because then if it turns into four, that's a big number. And then, you know, so like, five's in the rear view. <laughs> so, like, the Rays right now, they lost, like, five in a row. Yeah. You think they uh, should be panicking? That's, yes. That's like that's like a, what is it, like a 12-game losing streak in the uh, but, like, the Rays are still going to get the second spot in the division. We think that, but, Jim, they're also playing the Yankees this weekend. So, like, if the Rays don't figure it out this series, 
they're running into one of the hottest, best teams in baseball. Yeah. And then, I mean, then you are a panic. Like, I, I know we keep saying, and, you know, we've kind of, with the expanded playoffs, it's given us ease. 60 games is such a tight span in the normal realm of baseball. I know it's a new world, and teams should be more focused, but it's also a weird fucking world. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd go team to team. Like, in the AL, I'd give the, the Rays. They lost five in a row. I wouldn't be panicking if I was a Rays fan at this point. They should be able to win that division even coming back. And the White Sox... They're in a grind with the two teams above them and the wild card. So I'd put that three games for the White Sox still. Rangers, Angels, uh, Rangers, Angels, I'd put them, same thing. Like, you know, start panicking after three, four losses in a row. But it all depends. And the the, the NL Central, same thing. You don't want to lose three in a row over there at all. At all, at all. Um, The East is a mess right now because no one's played any games. But... I think the playoffs changed the panic and the shortened season and race a ton for a lot of divisions here. What do you think, Trev? I agree. Uh, you know, I, I, I do think it is team to team. Uh, the guy, the teams that, you know, know they're going to be there, whether it's because of the roster that they have or, or whatever, I think have a little bit less panic. Whereas, you know, like you're saying, like this team, the fringe teams, like they need to get hot and stay hot. Um, so the Rays, I'm not worried about. I think for most teams, they would just go series by series. If you get your butt kicked and lost and got swept in a series, let's get out of Dodge, regroup and do it again. Um, but definitely the Rays, man, the Rays got to step it up. I think this is a huge, huge series for them. They got to, they got to win these games against Boston before the Yankees come in. Like if they lose these two to Boston, then it's full panic mode, but they'll be right. And by the time you guys are listening to this, both those games have happened. So. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry. So we'll see what they did. So at this point, if they won one of the games, I'm fine. If they lost both, I think it's panic mode because you have four coming up against the Yankees, and those should be tough games. Yeah. No, we're saying the same thing. I, it's you start, you start mapping it out, and it can get scary quick. Yeah. Hey, let me let me just throw this back to the last question about the Cubs. Uh, sure. Chat, we're talking about Chatwood a lot. Guess what year it is for him? Contract year. Contract money. year. Let's go. He's locked Ooh. in. Love that. Is money. he in your book? He is in my book. Mine too. Also, Jim. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's great. I got okay. him uh, really early. I got him when he was with the Angels. I remember it. I remember it. Okay. It was uh, 2011. Grand Slam, huh? Mm-mm. Okay. Wow. One out of four shot. Mine's not Grand Slam either. That's no. Just in the definitely book. not one out of four shots because I only had two Grand Slams in my career. So, who were they off, off of? Sonny Gray in Ooh. Oakland. And uh, gosh, I don't. It's a Danks. I don't want to get the wrong Danks. One of the Danks brothers. Ooh, John. John. We're Danks. going John. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna lean John. Chicago right, next White Sox. Yeah. Big boy. Hey guys, it's Will from Oakland. Big time Ace fan here. Thanks for taking my uh, rotation voicemail a couple weeks ago. And uh, my question sort of this week is more MLB uh, related. And uh, one of my favorite points of the year is the trade deadline. You know, it's really exciting to me, but I'm really worried that this year it's just going to be uh, like a total shit show. Um, for like my Ace personally, I think they really need to add uh, a left-handed power bat. And one of the guys who I think they should like at least go after if he gets hot is uh, Trevor Plouffe's former teammate, Matt Joyce. But, no, that, that that is, like, a Miami player. And I think, uh, like, teams are going to be hesitant, like, to acquire uh, 
Marlins players because it's you know because of their outbreak. And I think that like like if other teams get like many outbreaks, I think it's just gonna hold like I think it's just gonna like ruin the entire trade deadline. And I like I I don't know I, I don't want that to happen. So like let me know what you guys think. Matt Joyce bomb on talking baseball. One of my favorite ex teammates. Yeah, your guy Who, who's a sneaky. Sneaky, really good big league hitter. Yeah, okay. he's got some nice stats. Got some really nice stats. He's had he's overcome some tough years and bounced back. Um, I could see him. I could. See, he's an A's player. Like he is an A's player. Like, he kind of fits that bill. Yeah, it's funny. Like the A's and the Rays, they have players that they go after, and Matt Joyce is definitely a a guy that fits within those two molds so i like it he hasn't played yet this year i know that he's he got cleared i don't know what he was on the il for but he's cleared to play now um he might be in the lineup um tonight as we as we have the marlins back so i can see that i don't know the marlins are going to be dumping players and then if the a's need a bat i guess they are a little right-handed heavy okay Interested to see. Uh, uh, this has been on my mind a lot since all this stuff has been going down. We we kind of landed at a place of like, ah, there's there's not going to be any trades, you know, COVID stuff, and uh, the teams are going to be tight. I think the teams are going to be really bunched up, so that's going to limit trading a lot. But teams are still trading. I mean, we saw the Billy Hamilton trade. Um, obviously, the Marlins kind of made some out-of-necessity trades. Are almost. all of these trades for cash considerations? Um the way they've been like navigating it a little bit is doing trades for cash because technically you can only trade players on your 60-man pool. Um, so, but people are doing players to be named later, so then just after the season you can finish it and send yeah. them a, like a young guy. I think I looked um, into this. I think players to be named later, you can do that up to six months later. So I think okay. you know teams are either agreeing on a group of guys and you know we'll figure it out in six months, so you might see some of that. Um, Scott Schiebler. Yeah, I don't know. There's not going to be a ton of action. I think it's going to be more hype than anything else. That's most trade deadlines, though. I think we'll see some stuff. I think you'll see the normal stuff. You'll see a cup, a guy out of the bullpen, or uh, you know, a who are our deadline? Who are our con? Who are our rental pitchers? Alex Cobb, if the Orioles start to lose it. Okay. Anyone else? Archer's taken off the board. Archer's off the board. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's a good like, question. Like what what game changer rental pieces are out there? It's so tough because we still don't know who's gonna be bad. Like say, what if these Diamondbacks continue to just not have it this year? It's not their year. Can they? You know, I mean, if someone like Archie Bradley came available, would teams pay for him? I think so. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. That's where it just gets so tricky because who's really gonna be available? What if the Phillies are out? Real Muto, Real Muto. That's a brutal spot to put a catcher in. <laughs> um, short season contract year. Although he'd he'd probably like it. Uh, and we're talking pitchers. Gosh. I don't know Lindor. They... That was your guy, Trev. Yeah, the Indians. <laughs> they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I look so stupid not giving them enough credit, but it is what it is. You make some calls, you swing and miss sometimes. Mike Zanino, my guy. Um, well, you can't bunt, so you don't want Can't him. bunt. Yeah. You don't want that guy. All right. Next voicemail. Daniel Murphy. Hey, guys. Uh, Tiger fan living in Maryland. 
new listener, so I don't think Jake sucks. He seems like a good guy. Um, and my Tigers. I know they're five and three. I know it's early. I'm not thinking World Series. I'm not even thinking playoffs. But could they actually get to 500 this year and people will actually talk about them? That's it. Bye. Hurry up and answer before they lose 10 straight. <laughs> yeah, and we don't know well, what happened on Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. uh, against the um, – well, they don't have a game Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. They have the double off day. So we don't know what happened on Tuesday against St. Louis. But Didn't happen. That's, that's also not happening. Yeah. So, so we do know. We're up to date. How about that? Cool. Uh, the Tigers are off to a good start. I don't know. I mean – uh, well, I'm trying to dig in and see like what's actually been happening for the them. Tyler Alexander it's, moment was nothing's, cool. Nothing's happened. It's been a run of luck. They have a five ERA as a, <laughs> as a staff, and they have a hey. six sixty nine OPS as a as hey. a um, offense. They've been lucky. Spencer Turnbull's been good. Turnbull looked good. Jacoby Jones, hell of a homer draft pick. They're playing the Royals. Well, they were playing the Royals, so that's part of it. Okay. I mean, the Tyler Alexander moment's fun. So lean on that. And then, dude, like they have a lot of young guys, but they're just not going to call Holy them up. smokes, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, hey, I had that guy that tweeted out to me before the season and mocked Maybe this him. was him. Don't Ray. sleep on the Tigers. I'm sleeping. I'm asleep, baby. We sleep. Well, I don't think anyone's saying that they're going to be, uh, like, all he, he did. All, all this caller wanted was 500, which yeah. I still don't think is there. But, hey. They were the worst team in baseball last year. They were five and three. They beat Cincy. Yeah, I mean Why it's good just, vibes. And like you don't want five hundred. You don't want five hundred, bro. Yeah. Like you, you don't want that. The Red Sox are trying to snake that top pick from you. I would just um, give give them give them two weeks in August of good, and then you know that's it. How about a week a month? A week a month of good baseball for the Tigers. Dude, Turnbull's thrown eighty-seven pitches both of his starts. He looks good. No big deal. Uh, Tyler Alexander has a 389 ERA plus. I mean, no big deal. I've got bad news for you. He's in Jimmy's book and he's not in yours. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably will never be in my book. Well, let me see if anybody uh, on their huh? rotation is oh in my, my book. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ivan Nova, you had to get him, right? I'd have to look it up. That's, that's a possibility. Fulmer? Both those guys are in my book. My, look, if you're a Tigers fan, you don't want 500. You don't want it. Like, just get acquire high draft picks right I now. I know what you're saying, but you also want to see a it's, little bit of good baseball. Dude, how about Austin Romine doing what he does over there? Always. Always. I agree. You want good baseball. You got Guardy. Guardy's why, doing it. Why don't you just, uh, you know, one week a month they win, right? A winning week a month, and then all the other games they look competitive. That's honestly that's an improvement couldn't from this, last year. We're just looking also, for an improvement, but this could also be a trade team, right? I think isn't Nova on a one year? They Jonathan got tons. Scope, Scope, Romine, Crone, Nova, and none of those guys are like part of the plan at all because they have a bunch of young guys right. that they're waiting on. So, yeah, I mean Romine, if if he stays, people are always looking for catchers. One good week a month, trade a couple guys. Yankees trade for Romine. The season ends soon. Yankees trade Clint Frazier, get Romine back hey, as a rental. Hey, hey. That'd be good for the Tigers and the Yanks. Be good for... Well, Higgy's fine. We don't know. I'm just saying. Kind of sucks, guys. I don't have anybody in and my book. I got so many, too, so that is embarrassing for you it's and embarrassing. great for me. 
Yeah. I've got you with three guys in your book, Jim. Three? Yeah. Nova, Boyd, Fulmer, Alexander. That's four already. Nova, Boyd. I forgot Fulmer was in. Oh, I had Daniel Norris in there, too. Oh, he's definitely Because he's a weirdo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Not in my book, but I've got some hits off him. Kay. All right. Next up. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Alex calling from Springfield, Mass. I'm calling today to talk about the Red Sox. Reason I'm calling today is I'm wondering if we made a mistake. Uh, the initial trade for Mookie Betts, we got Bruce Dark Gratterall and uh, Verdugo from Mookie Betts. Turned it down. I know at the time there were some concerns about uh, Gratterall's shoulder. Um, anyway, so Dodgers ended up getting him. We got uh, Downs and uh, Connor Wong. I don't know anything about Jeter Downs and Connor Wong, besides the fact that it's uh, Poof's favorite Jeter. But, uh, I mean, were those guys worth turning down this guy? Gradol is looking amazing. I know Jimmy just made that video, so just wondering. All right, guys, love you. Peace. Thank you. I, I No, I just, I think you're still fine because when the Red Sox were trading for Gratterall, they thought he was going to be a starter. At least that's what was reported. That was the story. That was the story. And if that's the case, and then they find out he's going to be a reliever, even if he is a future closer and lights out reliever, I still think they wanted more than a dominant reliever because you should be able to find those guys within your organization or grow them at least a couple years. Relievers are very volatile. Not maybe a lights-out closer, but a good arm. Jake's mad at the Red Sox because they don't have any of those guys in their pipeline or haven't been able to find any. I still think you'd rather Jeter Downs than a lights-out reliever. He plays every single game, can affect every single game, lights-out reliever. So, no, I still think, like, you know, from the Red Sox point of view, they thought they were getting a starter. He wasn't a starter. They changed to Jeter Downs. I still think it's fine. Although Gratterall is really fun to watch. Building off that a little bit, I mean, you know, when the Red Sox have their money, and they will soon, you know, they're a team that can pay for relievers. Like, that's yeah. that's kind of one of the bigger difference between small market and big market teams right now. So you can go and get that guy. And I think the bigger thing, give give Kime some time. Shirts, John Media. It's Heim, uh, but, you know. Give Heim some time. Give Heim, give Kime some time, too. Um, he's my friend. He's in my book. So... Uh, don't be rude to him. The Book of Kimes. But, uh, I mean, if you... Here's what I need to tell our caller. Thank you for calling in. Look at the guys who are in your bullpen right now. It wasn't not that they didn't want Bruce Dark Adderall. Because he puts you, your whole bullpen to shame, talent-wise. Um, you get an everyday person, and... let's I, Socks are punting. Kind yeah. This is Heim's dream, man. You get yeah. to tank for a full season. The Red Sox haven't had a top six draft pick since I think it was the seventies. You in this abbreviated season that'll be here and gone before we know it. I know it feels mm-hmm. like forever. Heim's gonna get a top draft pick, and they've reset the engine in Boston, which would normally be hundred sixty-two games. Here it'll be sixty, if that. Um, you know, hey, maybe they sell a piece or two. Maybe this is the year they move Benny. Maybe this is, um, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I think uh, I'm sorry. It wasn't <laughs> nothing to do with Gratterall's talent. He should be a lights-out reliever. But, uh, yeah, you got some guys that can play the field and will come up on a better timeline for your socks. What's, what's Gratterall going to do for you right now? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. They're trying to lose right now. 
nothing. That's why they traded. It's interesting because they have some good players on their squad. They could move guys. Depends on Heim's timeline. I don't know what he's thinking there. Uh, Obviously, they're trying to get under that um, that competitive balance tax threshold. They will this year with the departure of Mookie. But I love Jeter Downs. I mean, look, like you guys, I'm going to reiterate what you guys said. Like you want an impact player that plays both sides of the ball over a relief pitcher. It's just – that's just the way it is. So I, I've um, seen this guy, put my hands on this guy, had him in the Ooh. cage, and uh, mm. he could be special. He's young, you know. I've, I've said it before. The prospects are nothing until they prove they're something. Guys at care. the red – guys at the red right, – Trev, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. That's been my take forever. Guys that the Red Sox could move if they wanted to really move at the deadline. Workman, one of their only relievers that's a real reliever right now in their pen. JBJ, people are always going to need defense and speed if they're going in the playoffs. Yep, JBJ is a, a great addition for a team. In yeah, the Jake, you had a reaction to that. What was it? I uh, I don't know. I think he's I, – I don't know. I'd be interested to see. I I would see them – I would see them doing Benny before JBJ. I mean, it always isn't depends. He a, isn't, is he a free agent after the season, JBJ, or is it after next year? He's a free agent after this season. Benny's got two years left, so I don't know if JBJ could be, be gone. Yeah, um, Pilar and Lucroy also free agents. Yeah, man. They could make so. some moves. I'm gonna. We, Why we would they hold on, on to JBJ? I wonder. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna get back. Sopton, though. I, I think you I think you might have a better pick? chance at moving Benny with the two years left, with the chance that he can still be Maybe you something. get some international draft slot money, something like that. I mean, think, those things matter. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't Someone know. may come knocking for speed and defense at, for a postseason. I mean, defense for sure. I mean, Bradley's a stud. I, I just it, It's tough to picture Boston moving him. They just, I mean, they keep just him move and Mookie lose Betts. him. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Why? I don't understand. They move Mookie. I, it's just tough for me to see them moving JBJ. I don't know what they're going to get offered. And but isn't it better than just losing him? Potentially. I mean, he could also be part of their next year plans. Yeah. You know, if there's an extension or something in the works. But if they don't see him being back, it would be just move him. They could. I'm not saying no, but I, I'm just saying I'm having trouble seeing it. All right. Hey, Jake, Jimmy, uh, Trev, this is Connor from Cleveland. Naturally, I am an Indians fan. And first of all, I want to say Jake sucks. And secondly, Trevor, you know, Jake and Jimmy tried to tell you the Indians, you you weren't giving them enough credit. But there is a concern I have. Uh, Brad Hand, I think you guys should have put him on slump watch. He was awful at the end of the year last year. And he... He blew his first save the other night, and I foresee many more blown saves to come. All right. Thank you, guys. Love the show. Bye. Yeah, okay. tough tough start to the season for Brad Hand. Looking at the game log now, he's got four earned runs in his last two outings. Mm. I, I got to admit, I don't know anybody in their pen, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm an old, out-of-touch base, ex-baseball player, but – you want your closer, yeah? Brad Hand came in. Karkinchak's supposed to be special. I think he's like a pitch revolution guy, like unhittable slider if he throws it right. Here's the thing, though, is they got six starters, so they got a guy that they can move. 
You get to the playoffs, you can even cut that down to four stars and put two of those guys in the pen. They got pitching, man. Yeah, and I think a guy like Brad Hand will figure it out. Who who have they, who is he blown up against? What are those game logs, Jim? You have? I think it's I think it's the White Sox. I just got off of it. Uh, I mean, he's got enough of a body of work in his career that yeah. I just assume it's the start of the season. I want it. Bail on Brad Hand. Yeah, he did have like a pretty bad second half last year, if I'm remembering, and that guy. Five six ERA in his last twenty games last year. So I mean, you do that, and then into this, you can see why you're not excited. Indians fans are like, oh, I hope this doesn't spiral out of control. They also have yeah, Karen, how do you say that guy's name? Karen Chuck. Karen Chuck. Nick Whitgren. I get through an extra letter in there. Cam but. Hill. Adam Simber. Yeah, those look, those guys. their starting pitching is so damn good. You know. I mean, when they get to the playoff series, they have starters go to the pen. That's pretty exactly. easy. Yeah, That's pretty easy. All right, two more. What's up, John Boy, Jake, and Travis Jonathan from Plymouth, Massachusetts. I got a question for Trav. So I'm a baseball player myself, and I was wondering, after a bad at-bat, what's a couple of things you used to do to kind of lock back in and stay mentally kind of both sane and even keeled through a game. Thanks for answering the question, and go Yanks. Wow. I mean, it kind of depends on who you are, who you're facing, I guess. But a couple deep breaths work. Always talk about a short memory. Forget about what you did the prior at bat, whether it was good or bad. Uh, that's something that you have to learn. You know, taking at bats into the next at bat is something you'll see young guys do all the time. And it's just... Uh, mentality that has to come as you get older, a little bit more experienced, a little bit more mature, you start to separate the at-bats. And the best hitters separate pitches from pitches. They could have a bad swing and they don't even, whatever, not a big deal. Back to the game plan. Those are the guys that are the best hitters in the world. They can really separate those, um, the bats pitch by pitch. So that's my advice is just don't worry about it. One bad at-bat, Forget about it. Take a deep breath. Stick to your plan. Have a game plan, I think, is number one. You know, you were facing a guy. Know what works and what doesn't work and what you should be attacking and what you should be laying off. Good advice. Beauty. Yeah. And bunt. And, and bunt. Bunt, baby. Last Get that one. hit, What's man. What's up, guys? I'm going to talk pretty fast. I want to keep it short and sweet. First of all, Jake doesn't suck. Um, I'm a Nats fan. We just won the World Series. It was awesome. Got to create some memories with my dad. He's been waiting for the, since the Senators' days. Uh, but I'm a DC sports fan, so I think the sky is falling. Is, are we witnessing the last gasp of the Nats here? I mean, are we right around the corner from the Nats being really bad? Max Scherzer's 37. Howie Kendrick can't carry the team forever. We got Soto, but what else is there coming down the pipeline? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if my Nats are pretty bad pretty soon. Um, side note, what's up with Christian Yelich? I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. Uh, I'd love to hear what Plouffe has to say about, you know, being a good hitter, but being mired in a bad slump. I mean, what's that like? All right, thanks, guys. Love it. Well, that was kind of the first question uh, to you as well, the slump stuff. We talk about the Nats. Scherzer's old. He's still pretty good. Strasburg and Corbin are locked up, so you can be excited about them. Soto's exciting. 
Keyboom is supposed to swing a big bat if he can start fielding balls. Uh, who else is young out there? Robles? Uh, yeah, Robles in center. He's 23. He's 23. Yep. So they still got, I mean, you got more going on than, say, Trey Turner's 27. He'll be around. Trey Turner's, yeah. So you still got stuff going on. You, you know, you don't have, you know, no, you still have a lot going on. If you're a Nats fan. And the other thing is, I mean, yes, guys are getting old. I mean, hey, Strasburg's going to be around for a little while. He just got the bank. Um, you know, next year is supposed to be Scherzer's next year. And, yes, you can get sad. He's getting old. He's been awesome from you guys. One of the better big contracts ever given out in baseball history. But also that's 35 mil coming off the books that you could go and get another free agent. And yeah. not a lot of other teams can do that. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I mean, you know, that team – Got their title and it's awesome. I do. I think what this fan's prepping them for is the 2022 Nats are going to look a lot different because yeah. they're right. I mean, you can only ride out <laughs> as Drupal Cabrera and Howie Kendrick figuring it out later in their career for so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, the Nats will be able to get a couple impact free agents. You have a couple more young guys come up if Key Boom's the truth. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, be uh, it'll be different. It'll be different, and that's kind of baseball. Just does that. Like even if you're not prepped for it, even if you do have a young core, you think's going to be together forever, it just doesn't work out. No, that it moves way. fast. I mean, the Yankees started their rebuild in 2017. If you look at that team and look what what we've been doing now, it's crazy. Chase Headley, Starlin Castro, Jacoby Ellsbury, um. Greg Bird, like it's just not the same team at you know, all. You, you you tell yourself Todd Frazier, Greg Bird's going to be a big part of your future, and then he's fighting to make the Rangers sixty man. So baseball moves. Who else do they have in their in their um, prospects in the pipeline? That Nationals pipeline, babe. Pitchers wise is what I was looking at. Let's see. Pitchers are tough. Pitchers are always tough to find. You know, what, do you, what do you think Scherzer does after 2021? He's a free Corbin. agent. He'll be 30 fucking eight. Whatever he wants, I mean, man. Does he get signs a, does signs he get a, a five-year deal? Year deal? Pitch till he's 43? Yeah, I like two years Just big two, money. Two years big money. If he can still do it. It's interesting to see that, man. Because we, we haven't seen a lot of guys pitch that long and be that good at that age, so... If he can kind of like ride it out and have another good year in 2021, just a regular good year, 3-5 ERA, be interesting to see what offers there are for him. Looks like the pitching prospects for them is a guy named Eddie Yeen. Yeah, Yeen and Yeen and Dinaberg. We'll talk about them in 2023, it looks like. They're both rookie ball guys. So, yeah, yeah young. You're, you're a little ways out. You're, you're young. He's a, he's he's a Missouri guy. Does, does uh, Max Scherzer end his career alongside Jack Flaherty in the Cardinals rotation? Wow. wow. Missouri State as a coach. Could I like be cool. That. Could be cool. All right. Thank you guys very much for calling in and leaving voicemails, being part of the show with us, and uh, giving us some topics that maybe we would not have talked about ourselves. Appreciate it very much. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Tomorrow, tune in. Jake and I will be recapping the series that were Monday through Thursday series and then have, well, we'll just see you tomorrow. Goodbye.